Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today we're here to do another TV season review. This is going to be for DC's first season of Stargirl on HBO Max. It used to be on DC Universe and also on the CW. Uh, I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing alright. Uh, so yeah, one of the uh, DC Universe shows, which is now basically a HBO Max show, Stargirl. DC Stargirl for the first season. Uh, we're going to start off spoiler-free, go into our, our ratings system, which by the way, if you don't know, has uh, changed a little bit. We've now got must-see or play, depending on if it's a game or a TV show or a film, uh, and then skip and don't skip as well. Uh, so which of those would you like to give Stargirl for season one? Uh, I definitely want to give it a don't skip. I don't think think it's like awesome super amazing but it's enjoyable in parts uh definitely has some odd casting choices but nothing that's like super super weird but just was just kind of okay they cast that person in that role um it's kind of i guess the easiest way to describe it is camp adjacent i wouldn't call it as campy as like you know the the 60s uh um batman tv show if you've ever seen any of that that was definitely <laughs> camp yeah um, you know, there's been a couple other things that have been campy-ish. This is definitely camp-adjacent, influenced by camp, if you will. Um, and it, I mean, it's not bad. It, it didn't annoy me to the point where I was just like, oh, I'm never watching this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the same. I'm going to go with Don't Skip. I don't think this is a much must-watch, and I definitely think that you, well, shouldn't skip it, so Don't Skip is what I'm going to go with. Um yeah, I think they've done a very good job with the first season here. I think that they've set up something really good for the future because obviously this is a you know young show in terms of it being its first season. Um, I think there's some really interesting timing in terms of it moving. Well, the DC universe pretty much being just a comic book thing uh, from next year, and moving that from still going to be a CW show. It's going to be a HBO Max show now and what that means in potential for the Arrowverse future, which I do think it will become a part of eventually, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, in terms of its qualities, I thought it was paced really, really well, and it just goes to show again that when you do 13 episodes instead of 23 or 22, you can condense your story a lot, lot more. Um, one of the things I'm most impressed with is... Not just how quickly they put together the, uh, I'll just say other cast members and other characters and how they fit into the story. Um, I was really, really happy with. I was really happy with how that fit into, you know, Courtney's uh, Stargirl, uh, played by, what's her name? Breck? Breck Bassinger. Bassinger, yeah. Um, played by her, who I think is a really, really good casting choice. Um, I really like the cast that they've got here. A lot, of, a lot of which I haven't really seen before. Some I think I have. I think I've seen Luke Wilson in a few things. He plays Pat, um, Courtney's dad. Yeah, um, that was a really odd casting, Luke Wilson. Do you think that was odd? Yeah, because I've seen him in a few things, and you know, him and his brother Owen both show share the same same kind of like low key chill maybe stoned out vibe a little bit kind of <laughs> and um uh, we'll get into the spoilers uh why that is later but yeah i didn't hate it it was just so odd hmm. it just like that's like kind of like when they announced that uh um what's his face was playing lex Luthor on the supergirl show the guy from um, 
Yeah. Yeah, the guy from Two and a Half Men and Ducky from Sixteen Candles. If you've ever seen mm-hmm. that, yeah, um, definitely see that. It's a decent movie. Um, but that's so out of left field as a casting. Mm. But it, it worked for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked how these characters came together and. The cast, I think, uh, gelled together really quickly. I think the pacing's really, really good. Um, you know, it's still it's still got that teen CW sort of stuff there, but you can kind of expect that. Um, but no, overall, I was just I was just really happy with what they did uh, with this first season, and particularly how they finished the season. What it looks like is going to happen for season two, um, and yeah, just the the Arrowverse potential, which I think is uh, yeah. quite exciting. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about it. It's a slight tangent, so bear with me. But I think it's more important to what I think of the writers more than anything else. In the first episode, so this isn't a spoiler. Um, they're moving to Blue Valley, Nebraska, from Van Nuys, California. And you know the the father the the pairing is is that it's Luke Wilson and his son, and then Amy Smart, who plays Courtney's mother, and her have kind of a merged family now. And so they get out the car, and he looks. They say, "Hey, here's our new house." And the son's like, "Oh my god, that's huge!" And that's that was important to me because that was not to me that was not a throwaway line, because I've lived in several cities, some really really big, some really really small, and housing is night and day. And so I just wanted to explain about why that was important by getting up a couple of uh, real estate listings here. So we can argue back and forth on money, but I think we can both agree that $250,000 is not an insignificant amount of money. Yeah, right? certainly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so obviously Blue Valley doesn't exist, so I pulled up Lincoln, Nebraska, and then I pulled up Van Nuys, California, and I put that dollar amount in. Uh, so for Van Nuys, I found a condo, which is basically buying an apartment. Uh, one bedroom, one bath, 681 square feet, $235,000. That's what you can get in that area. Right, yeah. Uh, so I pull up Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, listing here at $250,000. Three bedroom, three bath, 2,550 square feet. All the bedrooms have hardwood floors, granite countertops, giant backyard, two-car garage. It's huge. And this is something that we've talked about off-air, about how when you have specific locales, um, sometimes the regionality might be affected in that. Like, say you did a um, a show at uh, uh, Brighton Beach. I mean, you can get on Google Maps and pull up everything in Brighton Beach, but there's some things that you only notice if you live there or live near there. And this is one of the things that I've noticed. I grew up in small towns, and I've lived in giant cities to where you know sizes shrink and contract depending on those factors. And, you know, all these kids, these kids have lived in California all their lives where housing is freakishly expensive, like stupid expensive. And to move to basically the middle of nowhere, for lack of a better word, that would be a mind blower for them. And they reflected that very well in his son's character. And obviously, Courtney being that I'm a teenage girl, everything's aloof and above me, you know, her not caring also fit in the character. So... Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, it's kind of shocking to me just the the two different listings that you've you've read. Uh, yeah, and the the stark differences there. So, yeah, but uh, I suppose that's a it's an area thing, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, geographically, 
like five of the ten most expensive cities to live in in America based off housing prices are in California. Yeah, we've got L.A., San Diego, San Francisco, uh, obviously Silicon Valley, anywhere near there, and then I forget what the fifth one is, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spoke a minute ago about pacing, and you know, thirteen episodes is a good amount. Uh, what do you think of the pacing? Uh, for the most part, it was good. Um, basically, we got to the point to where the whole team was assembled. And then it did slow down a little bit once the team was assembled because they kind of didn't really know what they were supposed to do. Uh, it did, you know, sum up pretty well in the end once everything got to the point where it was supposed to get to. So, Yeah. Um, I was quite happy with how quickly they sort of assembled and everything. Um and then, yeah, it, it does slow down a little bit. I think around the episode 7, 8 sort of mark, uh, there's still a lot going on, and it's still very well paced, but they just, I don't know, they they sort of assemble the group and then don't do too much with it until, like, episodes 11, 12, 13, you know, season finale kind of ter- territory. Yeah, towards the end. Yeah, um, which wasn't the smartest decision, but I don't think it was, was kind of terrible either. And there is some... There's some small reasons here and there as to, you know, certain people disagree about certain stuff, and uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, how do you feel about the characters? Did you end up caring about them, and how did you kind of feel uh, about them? Not really in the sense that um, their characters for the superhero side were kind of arbitrary. Um, and we can get into the spoiler part of that later. I mean, obviously, Stargirl, that was the whole story from the comic book was the comic staff chose her. Um, but the rest of the the rest of the assembly was kind of hit or miss. Um, Pat Dugan's character of having the mech, that's also from the comic book story. So that fit in with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what did you what did you know about Stargirl before this series? Because I knew absolutely nothing about her. She was on a couple episodes of uh, Justice League Unlimited. I don't know if you can find that streaming anywhere in the UK with uh, the DC Amazon. streaming. Ser- I think. Yeah, with the DC streaming service shutting down here in the states, I don't know where you could get it. Maybe HBO Max, since some of that's moving there. That's where it should go. Um, yeah. Those those '90s shows, if you've got you know nothing pressing that you want to watch, those are worth <laughs> a watch because that's where we get all the iconic you know, um, Batman voices and Superman voices. And that obviously with the Batman side, that's where Harley Quinn got introduced was that Batman animated series. Um, the, all oh, the justice league was a good run. Um, some of the casting choices fit into the, the modern DC, um, shows. I think I talked about that. Um, Carl urban being the voice of green of, uh, green Martian and then showing up as, you know, Green Martian's dad in the Supergirl show. That was why that was so significant. Um, the actor in the crossover that played Bruce Wayne was obviously the guy that did the voice of Batman and Bruce Wayne and all those animated stuffs and still does it for the new animated stuff that's coming out. So that's why that casting was so important. Um, so yeah, I mean, some of it worked, some of it didn't. And like I said, that's why I said it's not a must see, but it's definitely, you know, when you get a chance to it, definitely see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did end up liking a lot of the. I did end up liking a lot of the characters. Um, I do quite like, in a way, that 
with, with, with the fundamental idea of Stargirl that it's kind of got it's got something to do it, it it is involving her because she has to have some level of skill but you can clearly see from like the first couple of episodes the staff is very much just completely guiding her but then it's kind mm. of the fact that like yeah she's still kicking people and punching people and she's still swinging the staff around and everything but it is very much like if the staff feels like Courtney isn't fighting the right way or like there's a guy behind her she needs to hear or, or, or whatever the staff will kind of take over and do that and I did quite like that idea and I did like that she can basically fly and she can you know jump across rooftops and that but through mm-hmm. the staff and everything and the staff kind of even communicates a little bit it doesn't like start speaking or whatever but it like it communicates in certain little ways here and there uh just in the same way as like you know um is it C-3PO? Yeah, C-3PO mm-hmm. kind of would, and, and that. Um, or is it R2-D2? Which one's the, the small one? I've forgotten for some reason. R2-D2. R2-D2, yeah. And like BB-8 and, and all those sorts of characters. They don't have like voices and whatever, but they you know do little beeps and stuff and communicate and stuff. Same way as like, you know, Groot, I am Groot in, in that sort of way. Uh, so I thought that was really good. Um, but she still, she can't just like do nothing with the staff. It doesn't like completely... It takes over at the beginning and sort of really guides her, but then she has to get used to it and, you know, try not to fall off of it when she's flying and, and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. And I liked the uh, journey early in the season with that, because obviously as the season goes on, she gets more used to it and uh, comes out with some really, really good scenes, which I which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, so. and I think that's part of her background, because if, if, when you watch the first episode, so again, not a spoiler, they do like the little photo montage of her growing up, so they show her in cheerleading competitions and then martial arts competitions, so they're establishing the physicality, and I'm on her IMDb page, and she actually was a competitive cheerleader before she started acting, and so that's what makes that role a little bit more believable, much like with... Uh, um, Tom Holland being Spider-Man, he had that gymnast athletic background before he got the role. Yeah. And you can really see that in his physical performances of that. And so that definitely fits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else spoiler-free you want to talk about? I've given my, you know, spoiler-free opinion. I'd like the characters. I like the pacing. Um, I guess we should kind of talk... This can go in the spoiler-free section. Uh, what do you think about this show's Arrowverse future potential? Uh, impossible to know because the, and this is, again, this is not the spoilers because this is literally the opening scene. Uh, the justice society of America just gets slaughtered, like wholesale slaughtered because the injustice society comes in, kills everybody off. Um, and that's how the, the kids get all the gear from that is Pat Dugan's character. Um, I mean, sorry, Luke Wilson's character, Pat Dugan, it works for them, you know, helps them build some of their tech. So he rescues it all, takes it all away and hides it away. Um, but it, they're all silver age versions. So there's the silver age flash. There's a silver age green lantern. There's the silver age, this guy, that guy, and the other guy, obviously they're setting it, um, probably like in the seventies, I would have to guess based off of, uh, Courtney's age in the modern setting, maybe like maybe the late eighties. Yeah. So they're, fairly modern in terms of chronology to our current time, but still, you know, fifties ish style in terms of the artwork and the character design. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there was no references to anything. Obviously with uh, crisis, you can just retcon that in later, like, you know, two season two or three, that's when crisis happens. Yeah. And then 
whether they remember or not, you know, doesn't matter. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. So we'll just see if that becomes part of the bigger family or not. Yeah. I think in the way for the CW, uh, cause I think it's, it's still probably going to be on the CW and on, uh, HBO max. Um, this kind of, cause in case some of you missed the news, Supergirl is going to be ending with its next season, the upcoming sixth season, which isn't canceled. It's the final season. Big difference. Um, this could be a good kind of spiritual replacement because not only is it similar tonally as also to like Flash and not, not so, so so much with Legends because Legends is a little bit more silly as opposed to mm-hmm. what Supergirl and Flash do. Uh, same, Superman looks like it's going to have a similar tone as well but the the female kind of light-hearted show on, on the CW that's, that yeah. can fit in very easily, you know, superhero-wise, it's on the CW, it's DC, it can easily fit in with that. Uh, I think this would be a good kind of spiritual replacement for for that as well, um, and it'll be interesting with you know the sixth and final season Supergirl, and then the upcoming second season of uh, Stargirl. What they sort of do if in season two they make any kind of references, that will be cool to see. Um, but uh, I I think that'll be good, and I think it it would fit right in with like you know Superman crossovers or a Flash crossover um, and that sort of stuff. So I think that would be good. But um, mm-hmm. we'll see. Because uh, I, I do think eventually, I think latest by like maybe season three, I think it will be added to the Arrowverse. Because um, they've just had, you know, uh, Supergirl's ending. They could replace it with that. And uh, yeah, we'll see. So, uh, but any spoiler? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's everything for the spoiler free section that we've got. Um, unless you've got anything else? Uh, no, we can get into the spoiler stuff. Cool, yeah, uh, we'll do that in a minute. We're going to get into some housekeeping. Once we've done that, I'll give you one more spoiler warning, and then we'll get into the well, the spoilers for the first season of Stargirl. So we'll see you for that in a minute. Hey there, I'm Aaron Holman, host of Eye to Eye, a weekly podcast talk show all about passion. I have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire around me. Hello. With performing, there's always a story to tell, whether it's my own or not. And creativity. I go, he's more than cute, he's creative. All with an LGBT twist. Make sure to check out Eye to Eye, that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. I'm Christy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it, there's going to be laughing. <laughs> Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Gualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Gualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. 
that's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment and then all you need to do is support us at the one dollar level tier that will get you access to all of the ad free podcasts that we've done in in the past and get you access to all the ad free podcasts in that month as well so it's a great way to support us on entertainment talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad free podcasts you can also become a patron at the three dollar level tier that gets you access to ad free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, we did just record a gaming podcast, by the way, uh, talking about lots of different stuff. That will be up soon. Uh, should be near enough around around the same time this episode is posted. So if you're looking for this week's Gaming Talk episode, look out for it very, very soon. Uh, other than that, let's play Sundays for Crash Bandicoot 4. That's that as well. That's for the second of the three demo levels. Uh, the third and last one of the demo levels will be released this coming Sunday. Uh, the Let's Play episode, so look out for that. Did a little mini-series or started a little mini-series called Analyzing Television, uh, talking about the upcoming TV crash. That's the second episode of the little mini-series. Uh, just given how many channels and streaming services that we've got and they all need content and it's great to have options, but when does it become too much and when does that cause a TV crash, so to speak? Uh, so the second episode of that little mini-series... Uh, did a United cast for May United beating Brighton 3-2 away. Uh, there'll be another game tomorrow night where we will actually be playing Brighton again, but in the Carabao Cup, not in the Premier League. Uh, and then we play away against Tottenham on Sunday, and we'll see how that goes as well. Uh, the first episode of, of, of uh, Analyzing Television was talking about US TV shows that don't have UK homes and the potential for some US streaming services and channels that could ideally or possibly make deals with other UK channels so that, you know, other US TV shows have UK homes. That's part of the reason of all that. Uh, so I talked about all that as well. Uh, the Boys is still continuing. Season 2, Episode 6 is the latest episode. I'll be back uh, on Thursday or Friday for the penultimate episode. There will be potentially a delay with the season finale podcast because I'm going to include Robert on that one. And the schedule will just be pushed a little bit further. But it will be the season finale episode, so it's not like we can be late with it necessarily. But uh, that's the update for that. Breaking Bad podcast still continuing. We're up to Season 1, Episode 3. Tomorrow, the Season 1, Episode 4 podcast will be getting released as well, so look out for that as well. And Gaming Talk last week, we talked about uh, Xbox acquiring uh, Bethesda. Is it Zenimax is the name? Zenimax Studios. Zenimax, I keep forgetting the name. Uh, They've acquired them, so that's a really, really big deal for a really big amount of money, $7.5 And we talked about lots of other things as well. That is everything at the moment for entertainmenttalk.org and you can find us on podcast platforms as well. We're going to move now into spoilers for the first season of Stargirl. I should probably mention, I should I should have mentioned this already, if you want to watch this in the UK, which for some reason I didn't mention, you can go and find it on Amazon. The season one box set is up and uh, available for you to go and watch. So before you get into the spoiler section, go and check out all 13 episodes and then come back. Pause the episode. If you're listening on the website, press the home button or the back button or whatever. Just uh, shut it off. Pull your headphones out. Do whatever. Uh, but, um, yeah, check it out on Amazon for the UK and for the US. It's available on DC Universe, at least at the moment, and then the CW and uh, HBO Max eventually. So have a look out for that. 
Alright, getting into the spoiler section, uh, is there anything that you want to bring up um, off the top? Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Part of the problems that I had with the show going with the younger cast is that with a, without, with a couple of exceptions, there's no real connection to the superhero character. Obviously, Courtney Whitmore has always been Stargirl. The staff is semi-conscious, you know, conscious, you know, has some low-level AI or something like that. It shows her. Uh, Luke Wilson's character, Pat Dugan, he's always been... I don't know if he was a stepfather or a father, but he's always had that role and had the mech, so there's that. Um, Cameron Gelman's character of Rick Tyler being uh, Our Man's son... Obviously, that tech was genetically locked to him, so that connected it to him. But the rest of the supers just kind of fell into the role. Uh, Yvette Monrell, who plays uh, Yolanda, was like, oh, you're athletic. You can be Catman, only you're now you're Catgirl. And uh, Angelica Washington, who plays Beth Chapel, just finds the Dr. Midnight goggles. And now, now you're this role because reasons. You know, obviously, with the Injustice Society, all the kid characters are sons and daughters of those characters. Thus, it follows at least that um, chain of custody, for lack of a better word. You know, with Icicle's kid and Brainwave's kid and uh, um, Sportsmaster's kid, Artemis, um, and all the others, they at least fit into that role in terms of the lineage of it. Whereas half the, the superhero team just kind of defaulted into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to disagree slightly. I do like the way that they kind of, I mean, admittedly they, they did in a way fall into those sort of roles, but, um, you know, Courtney goes to the, uh, the JSA museum or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. She picks up all the bunch of stuff, even though, Pat tells her, tells her not to, um, and then like she kind of does just leave the stuff lying around, and then you know her friends come around to visit, and who is it that you said Beth? She finds the goggles. Uh, I did quite like that the um, the relationship that she had, or sort of relationship that she had with uh, the the person on the goggles and stuff, and uh, how that kind of fit into her character. I thought that was. Yeah, I mean, the interaction between Beth and the voice for the AI that does Dr. Midnight, that I did like a lot because that's yeah. clearly someone that's not good at making friends having a best friend. Uh, and that's the way they played that character with her wearing the goggles in school, you know, talking to herself when she's talking to the AI. That obviously was, you know, a lot better once she got in that role. But actually, you know, dra- essentially dragging people she barely knows because she just moved that town um, into a, that kind of a dangerous situation. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people would actually do that. Hmm. I mean, granted, we're talking about superhero world, so the rules don't really apply. <laughs> and, I, and I did like the obliviousness of it where they had to look up the superhero's powers on the Wikipedia page, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, that I got a chuckle out of, I will admit that. It's just, I've never been a fan of taking an established character, changing everything about it except for the name of the character, and then shoving it into another person that has no relation to that character just to make it age-appropriate or whatever level of appropriate it is. I, I mean, people do that all the time. So this is me, you know, this is one of my old man yelling, get off my lawn moments. <laughs> it's just yeah. that, if it was like if there was like more than one mentor for her, 
that wasn't her stepfather that she resented up until the last episode to try to, you know, merge, you know, bridge that gap a little bit. I think I would have liked it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's basically her for whatever reason, getting people she barely knows into life threatening situations. Yeah, there is a, a problem with that. I mean, I remember the scene with, um, Wildcat and, uh, which I thought was quite, quite cool by the way because uh it's sort of like an alternate Catwoman in a way Mm -hmm. she's still got some of the same qualities and features and and everything uh but she's just obviously you know uh, different in her own ways i remember that scene with her like climbing up that brick build brick wall um and you think like okay she she did actually fall down at one point and she managed to grab one again like you know courtney putting her in that sort of situation and uh they are completely untrained with all these with all these tools and stuff they don't know i mean mm-hmm. like, like you said they even look up some of the uh powers for different things uh but yeah she could have fallen off of that building and you know died from several different types of injuries uh so yeah there, there, there was a problem with that i guess but i just liked I, I remember how they were slowly setting it up and you know courtney gets the staff within like is it one or two episodes or so, the or first that, episode, the first about, episode. Yeah. i thought okay i want i wanted that in the first episode she's untrained she doesn't really know how to use it and then like i said in the spoiler free section i liked how instead of her using her training herself how to use the staff the staff kind of teaches her how to use it and i thought that was that was a really good idea uh, and then just slowly as they introduce each character um in a way, it felt a little bit rushed because it was very early and some would argue about, you know, oh, you should develop Courtney more or you should do more with Pat and her relationship or, you know, Barbara and the mum's relationship. But I kind of do prefer in a way when shows rush things a little bit more as opposed to go I- I- even kind of middle to where, like, it's well-paced. And it- you sort of... Because you know where it's gonna where it's gonna go with this because they're slowly setting up each kind of member and I thought okay if you just kind of not completely rush through that but go through that at a relatively fast but still well paced thing uh, and I, I I just feel like that that I felt like that uh, fits really well for me so yeah and they also only had thirteen episodes so they didn't really yeah, have yeah. time to do that um, yeah. But yeah, and my other real thing, and we can get into this more a little bit, um, the relationship between Pat and uh, Courtney, and this is why I felt like him, like Luke Wilson being cast, it was kind of an odd choice, just because he should have been yelling at her like a lot more for just being reckless and dangerous and damn near getting herself killed, and him staying that calm is out of character for anybody that's a father or a stepfather. Especially when it's a stepdaughter that you're trying to win over to make the family whole. Um, but yeah, I mean, his calm demeanor fit, you know, his character of not yelling. But man, he, I would have, I would have like read her the riot act a couple of times mm-hmm. because of, you know, damn near getting yourself killed. And her friends. Yeah. Old people that... And her friends killed. Yeah. Like yeah. there, there should have been like, you know, setting off a Richter scale level yelling. Mm. He's just like, well, yeah, yeah, you kind of need to not do that anymore, Courtney. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in certain scenes, he did kind of 
elevate himself a little bit. But you're right, he didn't kind of do it enough, I guess. So uh, I do think that's one of the, one of the the problems with the show, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like I said, I just I do prefer sometimes when a show not rushes to where it's like broken, but rushes to where okay, this is at a really good pace, but we're gonna go slightly faster. Uh, and then by episode, what was it, four or five, we had like three of these members uh, established. And um, I don't know, I, I, I just like the pace of that, so I thought that was good. Uh, any particular favourites from uh, the JSA members, from once we once we get it kind of formed um, on that? I do like uh, the Our Man character because that's something that, you know, he's had all this guilt all his life, and now all of a sudden he's got this crazy amount of strength. And that he has a way to vent all of this guilt onto somebody for the Solomon Grundy once they, you know, announce that, yeah, that's actually who killed your parents. So yeah. now he has a target for all the rage he's felt for probably 10 plus years. And then he gets to the point where he can just end it and he chooses not to. I saw that as a really good development uh, for his character of, you know, getting past that trauma in his life. Yeah. So um, that, I thought, worked really, really well. Um, mm. I do yeah. like the sadness that Beth had when the Dr. Midnight glasses got destroyed because she basically lost her best friend. That so. was really sad, yeah. yeah. That, that had a touching moment I've never been it. so sad at a pair of glasses getting broken before. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I mean, it's not I a pair like of glasses. The... It's, you know, this AI, yeah. basically. So. Yeah, but that was her friend. Yeah. And she yeah, lost yeah. her friend. Yeah. Um, I do like that eventually Courtney did come around to Pat kind of being her dad. Um, I mean, obviously that was the whole, the whole arc of her being a not nice person towards him, towards her finally accepting that this is her family now and she ought to love him. I did like that at the end. I thought that was a really touching end. Um, having Joel McHale as Starman and then showing up in that last end cap as a season spoiler Again, I don't get him cast as that character. That, that was when they pulled off that mask, yeah. and I was like, "Is that fucking Joel McHale?" Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, I, I I like Joel McHale a lot, and to me, I don't know, I haven't seen him in much else apart from Community and a couple of other things where he plays a very different character in Community. But um, mm. I don't know, I I think he fit fairly well in in that um i thought that was good i'm just happy to see him in yeah. in another show and I, i'm sure there's a bunch of stuff i haven't seen him in but uh yeah. just in terms of you know new stuff that i'm watching or whatever i thought that if you want to cool. see a really good movie with luke wilson in it you should look up idiocracy idiocracy cool a lot of star power in it um luke wilson's in it uh, early maya rudolph terry cruz is hilarious in it sarah Ruse's in it um, and it's an absolute hilarious movie. And he kind of plays like the deadpan character in it. And everybody okay. else is just like, he, like he's at a three and everybody else is dialed it up to 11. So <laughs> cool. Uh, speaking of villains, I really liked, uh, Neil Jackson as, um, Jordan. I thought he was mm -hmm. really, really good. Uh, just, you know, intimidating, had his own reasons for, had, had good reasons for doing stuff. Because at the end of the day, as, as good as someone's performance as a villain can be, if it's just, I want to rule the world because I want to rule the world, 
yeah, you're limiting not just the actor, but well, you're limiting both the actor and the character and what the actor can do with that. But you know, there was the whole thing with his, I think it was his wife or or whatever. Um, I thought that fit in really mm-hmm. well. Thought that was good. So, uh, yeah, what, what do you think of him? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, superheroes are only as interesting as the villains they have to fight. That's why Batman has always been more of an interesting character because. He's got the interesting villains to fight, whereas Superman, he's so overpowered, you have to basically neuter him to have any of the villains, you know, pose any kind of a real threat. Um, But, you know, Batman being mortal and no powers at all, that makes anybody possibly able to get him. Hmm. But he overcomes that, you know, with his brains and his tech. Yeah. Um, In the same way, you know, how do you fight a villain that, you know, reads your thoughts and can blast your brain into a billion pieces? Um, So that's a real challenge, obviously, that she has to overcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of characters related to Jordan, um, I don't know if I remember this. uh, Henry King Jr. was the one that... Is he the one that that died, wasn't he? The the rubble and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you think he'll be back comic book DC style? next season uh, or unless they do a uh you crisis know a crisis twist to it mm. i don't think so because they pretty much splattered him pretty good in his death scene so yeah, yeah. i thought it was quite effective actually with um i think it was the scene with wildcat when she goes to that area that he died again and uh, she sees him but it's actually i think it was jordan no, somebody else pretending to be him, uh, like a shit yeah. It was his dad pretending to be him. Yeah, yeah, and um, they they sorted that out. I thought that was uh quite quite interesting as well. Thought that was quite good. So yeah, but uh, yeah, because it it did make you think for a minute. Like, okay, was he trapped under there but not dead? And he managed to get himself out somehow. Because uh, TV makes you question things sometimes, which is good because it's supposed to. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him next season. Uh, is there any other characters you want to talk about? Um, not really off the top of my head. I think that, um, some of the character arcs, they did really well. Some I think they can improve on, mm-hmm. but really I actually am looking forward to the next season because I do want to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just for my, one of my last points I want to talk about, I want to go back to what you mentioned earlier with the, the Solomon Grundy thing because i was going to mention i was going to comment off of what you said and then we got talking about something else uh i thought that was one of the most effective things of the season um just like he's you know he's rightfully angry about uh, what happened with his parents and everything and then um he's kind of you know he's wondering why it happened or whatever and there's this whole car crash thing uh, and we didn't know it was so you know we didn't we knew it we knew it was some sort of something there we didn't know it was solomon grindy i don't think at the time because uh, that was in what the first couple of episodes, and then they re- they revealed it uh, obviously much later in the season what was going on. Just how they tied that back into like the group and the glasses with Beth, because you get the hologram stuff that that gets revealed, and then like you said with him uh, not killing Solomon, and then Solomon's like surprise emotion towards that I thought was really good. Uh, so other than everything they did with Courtney, which I thought was great, and she's a really great lead character. Uh, I thought that was the most effective point of the season, what they did there. Yeah, and I and I don't know if you picked up on it early or not, but some of the early scenes of him getting raised by his uncle, his uncle was, like, dumping a ton of crap, basically blaming him 
for his parents' death. Yeah. And so to have that revelation of it's not my fault and then that revelation of, oh, my God, it's your fault. And then being able to, you know, physically vent that out, then, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That was probably my favorite character arc of the whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it'll be interesting to see what he does post that. Um, but, yeah, I, I like I said, I'm looking forward to a season two. I hope they maintain the writing because um, it was pretty decent for the most part. I mean, there's obviously going to be a few exceptions, but sure. there wasn't anything that made me want to like throw my remote through the TV. <laughs> Don't do that, no, no, because I didn't have to buy a new TV. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the two most interesting things to me was Courtney's training with the staff, and then what happened there with with Solomon Gandhi. Plus, as well, that's the most interesting portrayal I've ever seen of of Solomon Gandhi. They did some really poor stuff with uh, Solomon Grundy in, in Gotham, most of which I actually forgot just until I remembered it just now. Because he, he was in Gotham and for three episodes or... I, I, do you know what? I honestly can't even remember. A few. It, yeah. Gotham went way into <laughs> whack town. Yeah. But if you remember this, the t- the show where they introduced uh, the Barry Allen character in Arrow was also had Solomon Grundy as the main villain. I don't remember that. Don't remember that. Uh, yeah, that, the Allen was investigating the weird stuff, and then something got stolen from Queen Tech, and it was like too heavy for like ten people to lift, but one person lifted it, and that wound up being Solomon Grundy. So okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, I briefly remember like the the Gotham stuff, which was nowhere near as good as what they've they've done here. Uh, but yeah, he's like beating Solomon Grundy to death, and you kind of just felt for the character in that moment. Um, so yeah, they've they've kept him around for season two, so that should be uh, quite exciting. So mm-hmm. uh, cool. I think that's everything that we've uh, pretty much got for uh, Stargirl the first season. We recommend you go and watch it either on CW, DC Universe, or Amazon Prime for the UK. Uh, if uh, if those of you who are listening have got any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, concerns about Stargirl season one or season two or the future of the show or whatever the case may be or anything related to Entertainment Talk, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalk UK, contact page and information in your show notes as well. So have a look out for all that. Uh, I think we'll do we'll do some coverage in some way, shape or form for Season 2. I don't know if Amazon's going to do weekly next day UK release. I don't know if it's going to be box set. It's just far too early to tell because uh, they picked it up, I think it was about five episodes or something after after Stargirl are dead. Something like that. And then they dropped it as a box set. I think uh, the week after it finished on uh, DC Universe. So, um, But we don't even know when the season's going to come out next time. So we'll update you obviously closer to that time. Which will be a while from now. So Yeah, at the end of the episode they say 2021. But I got to figure that graphic was put in there pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe the end of 2021. Who knows? So we'll see. Uh, but thank you all very much for listening. You can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Just to mention as well, if you do like the CWDC shows, we do cover... Right, Batwoman, Flash, Arrow's finished. Uh, we used to do Supergirl, but no longer. Uh, we are going to be doing the first season of Superman and Lois. Uh, Black Lightning did a season three review. And then there is Legends of Tomorrow. So those are those shows. And then we'll see what... Uh, happens with the future of that because we, we still don't know about the green arrow canaries thing as well nothing official that i've seen uh, and i have we, said we, before we on... no i think if that was yeah 
greenlit. And that's actually one that I am interested to see. I think they might hold off on that for like another year or two, let things get back to normal, normal. And then if like, like if uh, Batwoman doesn't come back with for season three, which I, I would be floored if it came back for a season three, yeah. um, they could, they could bring in that as a replacement for that show. So, mm-hmm. Yep, we'll see what happens. But uh, in the meantime, everything on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and Manchester United content. Uh, other than that, you can support the podcast with lots of different options. Patreon, you can have a look at us on there. The $1 and $3 level tiers for review, ad-free podcast, and instant podcast options. Amazon affiliate link if you're buying stuff on on there. We can get a small cut. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, if you search for Entertainment Talk on your podcast platform of choice you should be able to find us if you can't by the way let us know because we want to know what podcast platform that is but uh, search for entertainment talk on your podcast platform of choice and subscribe to us rate review if you can uh, you can also find geek town run by david of course on uh, itunes that's the up-to-date reliable tv and film news geek town radio is on tuesdays the new episode for this week is out and available to listen to uh, it's got bex this week so uh, check that out as well and uh, you can find that's geek town Geek Geektown Radio, iTunes to search for Geektown and you should be able to find that speaking of Bex you can find her on Twitch daily doing just lots of full, uh, full fun uh, cool, uh, random interesting stuff uh, on there so if you search for Trista Bytes that's Trista, B-Y-T-E-S go and search for that on Twitch uh, and you can follow her on there as well uh, word of mouth, you can tell people that you know about Bex's stuff, my stuff, David's everybody's work and whatever uh, through word of mouth, tell people that you know and everything. Uh, you can do the same thing through social media, Facebook and Twitter, and different Facebook groups. And lastly, look out for Let's Play Sundays, which are back as well. So look out for them. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>